Hello and welcome to the BX Basketball Podcast. I'm Nick Englander here with Christian Okay. And oh wait, he's not here. That's right. Uh Paul <laughs> uh went out after his Nets get swept four games to none by my Boston Celtics. Um as the first round concludes, the second round begins tomorrow with the Celtics and Milwaukee. I'm not sure if there's another game tomorrow. I would assume there is, considering, you know, it started, uh, considering it's the Celtics-Bucks game is a day game. It literally starts at 1 p.m. Let me make sure of that. Yeah, Warriors-Grizzlies starts tomorrow. Uh, starts tomorrow. Um, so we can kind of re- recap the first round. Um so, I mean, they, a lot, most of the series went as expected. Sadly, there were no seven-game series. I think probably the most entertaining of all of them, I mean, for me, it was obviously Celtics-Nets, but in general fandom, it was probably um, it's probably Grizzlies-Timberwolves. But, the you know, the Wolves blew three double-digit leads in the fourth quarter, and that's that. And so, you know, uh, <laughs> so... The second round will be the one seed Heat against the four seed and likely going to be in bead list for at least four or five games. Sixers. Or it's not the whole series, right? Yeah, I I, I, I don't know if they're going to have any chance, you know. Uh, and so so the Embiid list Sixers, uh, the, the uh, Celtics against Milwaukee Bucks without Chris Middleton. You know, there were questions on Jalen Brown's availability for game one, but by all accounts, it looks like he's going to play. Uh, he pulled his hamstring a little bit. He felt tightness in his hamstring at the end of game four against Brooklyn. Uh, the uh, In the West, the semifinals are number one seed, the Phoenix Suns against the number four seed, Dallas Mavericks. Uh, and the number two seed, Memphis Grizzlies against the number three, Golden State Warriors. So... I guess we could start with, you know, the first round and kind of recap it a little bit. Um, were there any surprises? <laughs> were there any surprises? Well, yeah. I mean, the Celtics swept the Nets. I don't think anyone really expected that. Yeah, you know? that was – well, well so I don't know if you want to – I don't know if you want to shit talk without Paul being here. All right. But, uh, uh, well, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Let me go first. Let me yeah, go you first. go first. You go first. Let me go first since I'm, like, neutral, but I also hate the Nets. <laughs> um <laughs> No, honestly, it, it I was very shocked that they got swept. Like that's crazy to me. Um, but to be fair, they kind of deserve getting swept. The Nets are extremely unlikable, and uh, especially fuck Kyrie and Ben Simmons. I hate those guys. I can't stand them. Kevin Durant's annoying. I don't know. I kind of can't stand Kevin Durant either, Nick. I you know, respect really, him a little more than the other guys. Uh, uh, respect he, the Golden uh, State move was bullshit, yeah, but since yes. then he, he he's been he's been a little easier to like since then. I'll say that. Okay, don't get me wrong. Of course, I don't want to completely diminish what Kevin Durant has done in the league. He's obviously one of the greatest players ever. Um, but they're just I'm sorry, they're just so unlikable. And like, I know Paul will. I know Paul will just. Paul is going to defend them because it's obviously his team, but like, how can you root for a team with Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and Ben Simmons on your team? They're all such divas, dude. And you know what? Honestly, they kind of deserve to get swept just the way they were acting all year. Like Kyrie missing games. Oh, I don't want to play games because I don't want to get my vaccine. And the, the media is against me. They hate me. Mm-hmm. And then you have Ben Simmons. And you have Ben Simmons who 
$200 million man over here. Oh, my back hurts. I don't want to play. Oh, I, I'm going to play game four, but we're down 3-0, so I'm going to pass because it's going to hurt me and my reputation. <laughs> like, dude, they're such, they're such babies. Like, bro, get out of here with that. And again, Kevin Durant, I'll respect KD because he's playing and he's busting his ass. But, you know, like Chuck said, it's a lot different when you're the bus driver and not riding on the bus. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's it's absolutely true. Um, so, I'm going to first go on the Nets. And I am I really want to just destroy him because I had a whole thing prepared for Paul. You, you wrote it I, down. He was, you no, I didn't, I didn't write it down, but I went through it in my head. I was like, I got, but let's just call it like it is, all right? The Brooklyn Nets are a failure. Like, it, it, it is what it is. You cannot avoid it. Like, they are a failure. They're two years they? in. They yeah. haven't been past this. No, they absolutely are. They haven't they got have to not. the conference finals. You're right. Dude. Yeah, they have never been to the conference finals with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. For what it's worth, you want to know teams that have been to the conference finals since that they've signed there? The Boston nope. Celtics, the Atlanta Hawks, the Milwaukee Bucks. Like, and you want to know what? The Knicks and the Nets won the same amount of playoff games this season. Oh, yeah. I was going to – I was. Uh, you said it, not me. <laughs> you know, and I was going to say, one thing I was surprised about was I didn't think there were going to be this amount of Knicks fans that were rooting for the Celtics. I mean, I get it, but I, I mean, well, it's pretty funny. Because the Nets funny. are fucking annoying. Well, yeah, I mean, they like, are. I mean, they, listen. No, listen I, and this, this is the biggest problem I always have with the Nets. They always talk – their fans always talk like they had won something. What have you won ever – like you have made the finals twice in your franchise's existence in the NBA. I think they won an ABA championship. I could be wrong, but you I'll have made the finals twice with Jason Kidd and you know Kenny Martin and that team. You you haven't been past the second round with Kevin Durant and Kyrie. And let's just keep it how it is, okay? Like you said, they were incredibly unlikable. They have diva stars. They have a coach who's a puppet, and I'm happy he's sticking around. It seems like he's going to stick around. Um, and you know what? One year ago, I want to bring this up too. Let's be real, Christian. Yes. When we do you remember when? So the Celtics lose the Nets in five without Jalen. And remember, I remember before the Sears even started, they were talking about, oh, look at last year. And I'm like, yeah. So when Jalen Brown didn't play, when we were giving serious minutes to Fournier. Jabari Parker, Tristan Thompson, Shemi Ojale. Like, we are really going to bring up that year as opposed to this year? Like, come on. Uh, Kemba Walker was still on the Boston Celtics then. Like, it's it's stupid. And we were coached by Brad Stevens, who was pretty clearly checked out by that point. And you know what? Last year, I still remember the day. It was working, actually. I was working remote when – uh, Brad stepped down, Danny stepped down, Brad became GM, right? I still remember mm-hmm. that day. Mm-hmm. And I still remember all the jokes that were made that Kyrie ruined the Celtics and Kyrie, you know, ended the Celtics. What well, okay. you got to say now? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, listen, I, and I 100, obviously Paul's going to think we're just like hating and shit. But I'm 100% with you. Like, Kyrie, I, I think you're the one who said this. Like, Cavs fans warned us. Like, he's a yeah. hot, he's just crazy, dude. He's, you he can't, and I, and 
And remember, in 2019, when the Knicks didn't get either of them, they got clowned hard, which they should have got clowned hard because they didn't get the guys. But the catch-22 to that is like, hey, you see the Nets have those guys, and they're letting the inmates run the asylum, and what has happened? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing no, it's, good. It's, it's, it's a disaster. Like, it's um, – like, I think this season officially put to bed the idea that you can just not care about the regular season, that you can no, – you know, that you can just hire think a puppet as a coach. It just but, doesn't work. Right, and listen, okay, I don't give a fuck if you have Kevin Durant. You, you could have, you could have, look at what happened to the Lakers. You have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. That shit doesn't matter if you're hurt all the time or you're an older player. Like, we have to keep it real, too, here. Kyrie's always hurt, right? Or he's out doing his sage bullshit. I don't want to take my vaccine. Kevin Durant is not a spring chicken anymore. He's older, right? These guys are going to get consistently hurt sometimes. Yes. Terrible in this series. Right, and he got Kevin pushed Durant around. Like, yes. like, we've got to give credit. Like, obviously, yeah, the Celtics defense is tremendous. I, 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 yeah, you can. I deserve to be clowned for saying, you know, earlier in the season when we had another blown lead to Portland. I angrily tweeted, "Fire May. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> I apologize. I called you after that RJ Barrett buzzer beater, which honestly more or less turned around both of our team seasons, which neither of us expected." We went very from true. trash to great, and you guys went from mediocre to not very good. Let's be real. And yeah. and I just got to say, credit to him. Like, I've never seen Durant look as bad as he did in that series, ever. I don't think anything close. I, I And by the way, we didn't have a full-strength Time Lord, and we barely had Time Lord in the series. You know, like, it's it's just absolutely crazy. Like, the, the defense – that we played, you know, the start of game one. Um, and by the way, I don't know about you. I kind of had a feeling after that Tatum buzzer beater in game one. I was literally just, I was literally yeah. just going to bring it up. The the thing that struck me about that game was after that buzzer beater, I looked at the, I looked at the stats and I was like, wow, you guys took their best punch and they still couldn't beat you. I was like, I think the series is over. Or at least and I thought, thought, I thought, I thought I was like, all right, they're, they're going to have a hard time beating you guys. I didn't think it was going to be a sweep. But geez, like did I? And I could tell you for a fact how many times the Celtics have been in that exact same scenario over the years. You know where they're down one, they have the ball, they don't call timeout. Most of the time, it ends up in a miss. I remember last year when they had no fans, they played the Lakers at home, and they got the ball. Uh, I think Kemba stole it uh, down one, and he took a step back and missed. I cannot tell you how many times you know we just had a miss in a scenario like that. So honestly, when it first happened, I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. I didn't believe it was real. And when it was real, I couldn't, I, I, I was, I, 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 I don't know. I just, part of me, I remember telling my brother after the game, I'm like, teams that win series don't lose games like that. You know, like yes. they just don't. And Kyrie played so well. And I mean, obviously Durant was bad in that game, but like Kyrie played so well in that game. I remember thinking, like, he's not going to play that well again the rest of the series, and he didn't. Exactly. And, yeah, because and, dude, that's the thing. You know what? I feel like – so, sorry to cut you off, Nick, but no, this whole sorry. notion about, like, Kyrie Irving, oh, he's a killer, bro. He's a great player. He's not uh, – okay, he, he hit that huge shot in Game 7 in the 2016 NBA Finals. I can't remember the last time thinking, wow, Kyrie had a great playoff game. He's usually going about nine to twenty-seven every single series that he's played in. Yeah. Am I right or am I wrong? <laughs> he feels like he. Well, I mean, I mean, I've seen him, him up and close check out 
And I'm not going to, I don't, I don't want to say he totally checked out for the Nets in this series, but I don't know, man. He just looked exhausted the whole time. Like he didn't want to like, it, it, it kind of, and you know what, after the series, it kind of struck me when Durant said on Twitter, oh, I'm going to enjoy my vacation. It kind of just strikes me as like, do they really care that much about winning a championship anymore? Maybe that's a big part of Harden. Just, I mean, obviously Kyrie Baxter was part of that, but like maybe Harden was just like, man, like these guys just don't really care about winning a championship and Joel Embiid clearly does. And maybe it's just time for me to say, fuck it. It's, it's not happening here. You know, it's time right. to bounce. It all and, goes yeah, right. Exactly. It all go. It all comes back around to Kyrie Irving. He, you, you, I don't care how talented you are. If you have an ego or you are just a cancer in the locker room, you're not gonna fucking win. And we've seen it. This is two years in a row now where it's okay. Last year injuries will say caused the Nets to lose. But remember last year when Kyrie was talking about how, oh, we need about, like, five more pieces to win a championship, and he's throwing Karis LeVert and John, and Jared Allen under the bus. Like, dude, what are you doing? They got to the playoffs without yeah. you. You're the, the piece that's supposed real. to help you win the, the fucking championship. Winner, the biggest winner that Harden trade, you know, a year ago to Brooklyn by far, by far, is the Cavs. Like, it's not close. The Cavs got Jared Allen for a late first. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, that's they, crazy. They are laughing their way to the bank right now. Um so, yeah, no, I mean, the, and obviously Ben Simmons is Ben Simmons. We really don't need to go into it that much. He just doesn't seem like he cares about playing much right now. And it, it's just a giant lack of urgency. That's the thing I got from the Nets. There's just a lack of urgency on that team. They just don't – I'm not going to say they don't care because they did play hard in that last game, but it just kind of felt like everything they did was uphill and, you know – Hey guys, you know, the, there's no like, look at the Celtics. I almost like look at the Celtics huddles with Udoka versus the Nets huddles with Nash. You right. know, and but, but you know what, Nick? You, but look at every other team that is in the second round, right? Like the Bucks have cohesion, they play together. They're the Suns, same thing. The Mavericks, you can tell they like want to play together. You guys play together, you play hard. The Nets don't do that. It's they just think they're gonna, they just think they're gonna bank it off of talent. It's like, no. There's a it's reason a, it's a team game, bro. Like, it doesn't, classic, talent can get you to a point. It's a classic team versus individuals series. And yes. the Celtics, and you want to know, what did I say before the series? That Jason Tatum, this is going to be, this is his time. Break. Yeah, yeah, this is it. And he absolutely, so, and you want to know what, you know, I don't think enough people are talking about this, but Jalen Brown outplayed Kyrie. Like, that's just a fact. He did. Like, if you really, I, Jalen had his struggles at times. You know, if you really look at the stats, like the first three quarters of most games, he didn't do that well. But the fourth quarter of every single game, he played great. Every single game, he shot over 50%, had at least like nine or 10 points in the quarter. Right. And I remember Damn. game three in particular. Game three, it wasn't Tatum that was running the closing offense. It was Jalen Brown. And that he deserves huge credit. I mean, I thought he played really great in the series. I think his defense, everybody's defense was really good for the most part. Especially, really especially, yeah, especially Al Horford and Marcus Smart. Like they were just unbelievable the whole series. Yeah, like Al, Al, it's, I keep going back to the Kemba for Horford trade. And I yeah, could not, steal. Be, I could Can't not believe, believe people dislike that move. I saw so many people. I'm like, dude, 
at worst case scenario, you're dumping a terrible contract. That's all it is. You know, I, yeah. I mean, that's at worst case scenario. And it ended up being such a home run for this team. Like that was, I've said it before. Like if you really look at that off season, last off season, there weren't any major players changing teams. And yeah. was that the best trade of the entire off season? Like looking at it, it really might've been like, there were not many Kyle Lowry to, Kyle Houston, to, Miami. Uh, to Miami is probably the only one that is close. And or maybe Lonzo to the Bulls, but I mean Lonzo was hurt at the end of the season. And did the Rosen get? I mean, thank you. Yeah, I did. Probably the most underrated and best move, I would say, arguably, for sure. Yeah, DeRozan, DeRozan too. I mean, I guess that was a sign trade as well. But like, it's point is, is that Kemba for Horford was an absolute home run for the Celtics. I don't care about giving up. Like the Celtics should not care about first round picks right now. They have two young stars. They need to build around them. They should not care about drafting a guy that may or may not work out, which let's, I'm not going to say our drafting has been bad. Seven of our eight guys in our rotation right now, you know, Tatum, Smart, Brown, uh, seven, Grant six of eight. So Tatum, Smart, Brown, both Williamses, who, by the way, Grant Williams, another guy who had a tremendous series. Like, <laughs> Even the last the, year you hated him. <laughs> I know. I, first year I loved him. Second year I hated him. This year I love him again. He just It was all about him getting back in shape. And also the dude, the, his trainer named Lethal Shooter, made him a lethal shooter. Give him all the money, please. <laughs> but uh, Pritchard, Pritchard. Both, William, yeah, both Williamses, um, Smart, Tatum, and Brown, and I'm pretty getting uh actually that might be it yeah and the other the only two guys that we didn't draft that were in our rotation in this series were Derek White and Al Horford that's it and and by the way Derek White did not even play that well I mean defensively he was good but like he Mm -hmm. shot nine percent from three in the series like I was worried about that with him because like he does pretty much everything well besides shoot threes but at the end of the season he had like a seven or eight game stretch where he shot 45% from three. So I wow. thought, all right, those, those ills are kind of gone. And then they were back, but it didn't matter. End of the day, it didn't matter. Um, yeah, man, this team is rolling. I mean, there's really no way to say like, and also this extra rest time, like I was telling you before the podcast, considering Jalen's hamstring tightness, seems like he's going to be able to go to uh, this for game one, that we really got lucky. You know, the fact that we ended in game four and that you didn't have to have will have a likely game five without Jalen Brown. Like that's not good. The odds that you view losing of that are decently high. And we kind of, we kind of caught a huge break with that. Uh, even the last possession, you know, where in game four, where smart inexplicably, you know, who is awesome all series, but you know, at the end of the game, inexplicably takes a contested layup when there's no reason to and just pull it out. And thanks. And Jalen Brown, not only that Jalen Brown, who's a horrible full court pass, that could have that was inches from getting picked off by Kevin Al Horford tips I, it in, yeah. And then Al Horford tips it in. Like if it weren't for that, I mean that could have been a disaster on so many levels. But thank God, like that was like that series felt like all the breaks went our way. And it yeah, like it just it just I'm 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 happy. So I, I haven't gone fully in on the nets yet, Paul. Don't worry. Uh, you're he's gonna, he's coming. gonna, he's gonna find a way to defend it. It's all good. No, but yeah, yeah. so, so, you know, I think I said last. I said, you know, I took the Nets to, I picked the Nets to win because I thought, like, hey, talent's gonna triumph over everything in the NBA, and like ninety percent of the time, it happens. 
this is really like one of the few times where talent doesn't triumph over a team, which is another reason why I genuinely like when like an underdog wins like you guys. Or like remember back in 2010 when the Dallas Mavericks beat them big three. That was like the greatest thing ever. And that's what I enjoy. And that's why I love teams like the Suns, like the Bucks, like the Celtics, like the Mavs. They're they they're cohesive teams that don't have these like egomaniacs running the asylum. So that's why anytime the Lakers and the Nets lose, I pop champagne. <laughs> yeah, and hey, hey, the Lakers and the Nets won the same amount of playoff games this year. Zero. Uh <laughs> So I mean I, I guess we can kind of leave it off there. We'll kind of preview Bucks Celtics in a little bit. Um, yeah. Bucks Bulls doesn't really need too much talk. We all knew the Bucks were going to win easily. They can did. I just say? Can I yeah. just say? Because I, I think everybody loves Giannis. I don't know. I personally, watching Giannis, like he's the, it, he's just again he's like the kind of player I love. Like the guy who instead of jumping the ship stays with the team and says, hey, we're going to fucking win a title here. We're going to build something here. That's what I love about Giannis. And at times, he's really just insane. Dude was getting fucking quadruple teamed, then he kicked it out to the corner for an open three. It's like, dude, how did he see that? It's just unreal. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's going to be a it's going to be crazy. It's going to be a crazy, crazy series. It's going to be a crazy series. Uh, so, okay, so the Heat Hawks, I mean, Bucks Bulls, like I said, we don't really need to talk about that. that that's yeah. pretty straightforward. Although, I mean, like I said, some interesting quotes from Levine yesterday, you know. I guess it, oh, we don't yeah. know it, but it's something that just put it as something to watch that maybe he could walk in the offseason. But it's, it's, I, paid, it's, probably probably. Too, it's, it's probably too easy to early tell, and I, I still honestly would be pretty surprised if he did. Um, so Heat Hawks, I, I kind of went pretty much how everyone expected. Um I just think the Hawks, like they're, they don't, they, their momentum kind of just died after last year. Like once they lost in the conference finals, it was kind of like, all right, well, is this really a conference? Is this like a championship team, or do they just kind of like have lightning in a bottle? And you kind of saw it this year. They made a big mistake. They didn't add to them. They didn't add to the team at all. And it's it it it's I get the idea of that, but with such a weird year. It, it was kind of dumb. I guess people could be like, oh, the Phoenix Suns kept their team together. I'm like, yeah, but because the Suns, let's be real, the Suns, and the Suns did add to their team. They got JaVale McGee, who's pretty solid. Like, it's not like he, they did nothing. They added, uh, didn't they add someone in the mid-level? I could be wrong, but. Um, Probably. Yeah, no, I think, yeah. Like, but they, also, the, but the Suns also have Devin fucking Booker. I think Devin Booker is better than Trey Young. No offense to Trey Young. I agree Young. with that, yeah. And in this, you know, this Hawks team, like you said, they just didn't have the same. They didn't have the same magic, magic from day one. Their defense was terrible the whole year. They're kind of a soft team. Honestly, I said it before, but like Derek White on that team would have been pretty excellent. And they didn't trade for him. I know there's rumors that they could. Um, even though I, as much as I, I, I still think he's been good for us. I, I mean, I. Do think the Celtics overpaid a little bit, but uh, the just to, like in general, the the Hawks, yeah. I mean, we don't really know what they're gonna do. Um, I don't really. I mean, they have a decent amount of flexibility. I guess Hunter had a pretty good series, although I'm not a huge fan of him, honestly. This it, the Herder Bogdanovich pairing. I'm gonna guess is probably gonna get split up this off season, and and it does bring up the qu- real question. 
you know, can he win a championship with Trey Young? And honestly, I'm kind of leaning towards no right now. His defense, he he is a great offensive player, but he might be the worst defensive player in the league. And you know that adds up. And against Miami, you know they exploited that. So, right, right, I agree. I mean, I think uh, they kind of need to reshape their roster, definitely, because really they're. Bread and butter is Trey Young pick and roll with Capella, but once you stop that, it's kind of like, all right, we're kind of shit out of luck. So, and you know what? We didn't even talk about that with the Nets a little bit. Like the Nets don't have a lot of flexibility to get better because they spend all their picks. Like they have a few well, keys. Well, you know, like, that's the thing, dude. It's like <laughs> it's like who's in a better situation? It's like a team that's rebuilding or the Nets. We were talking about this at work. Somebody said somebody said the Nets are gonna be are still gonna be good in five years versus the Rockets. And I'm like, are you crazy? The Rockets are have like 14 picks, they have cap space, a bunch of young players. I'd rather be the Rockets than the Nets right now. Then the Nets, the Nets, I mean Anthony Puccio writes for the Nets claims that Kyrie's gonna resign. So I mean, but that's Okay, that's like, another thing. Do you that's resign another thing, him? yeah. Like I we didn't even touch on that. Like obviously, whatever Kevin Durant wants contract wise, you give it to him. That's a no brainer. But Kyrie, do you give 50 yeah, like, a year? 50 yeah, like a year that, for Kyrie there, to play there half was a the great, season? There was a great poll I saw on Twitter, and it's like, would you rather pay James Harden a four-year max or Kyrie a five-year max? And that, I was like, wow, that's... I mean, I, I would I would do Harden for sure. Because I still, I'm honestly, I don't totally believe he's washed yet. I want to see what he's like with a full offseason next year coming up, you know, because he had that bad hamstring injury. And mm-hmm. Chris Paul... Chris Paul, people thought was cooked coming off that hamstring injury and looking at him now. So, yeah. so let's see how Harden is next year. If, if he is this bad, then yeah, he's washed. But yeah, I, I just like the idea that like, oh, vaccine mandate won't come next year. Are you sure about that? Like, what if there's, you know, a lot of COVID cases again? They'll probably have to reinstate it. And then at that point, Kyrie can't play. And it's or even it's if he plays, even if he plays, he's going to get hurt. He's never healthy. He's only it's, played. There's so wait. Sorry, Nick, again to cut you off. No, but, no, no problem. Uh, like um, on ESPN, they said that the KD and Kyrie, you know, in the what three seasons that they've played together, right? They've only played in 57 out of like the 284 games that they're supposed to play together. Yeah. They're missing 70 percent of their games. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I'm not totally sure the exact number. I've seen five years, 235 or two. 48 for Kyrie point is, is either what it is, is too much. And it's, it's just like, if I'm the Nets, you either make that super heavenly, heavenly, heavily incentive based where, you know, like 50% of it is based on games played that he has to play like 60, 70 games, or I'm not paying them. I'm sorry. Like, it's just, like the idea is like, oh, you know, you can just pay him and it'll be all, I'll be fine. So you pay him that, like, you just have to hope Ben Simmons next year plays and look. But like, who the hell knows what's happening with Ben Simmons, man? Like, does he even want to play basketball anymore? I think that's a real question. And even if he plays, he's not good. The people keep saying, oh, they have Ben Simmons as their building block. Are you crazy? You want to build around that's Ben Simmons? I, there was a lot of people during the year, especially when that said, um that 
you know, they would trade Jalen Brown for Ben Simmons. And, and no. I posted that on Real GM after. And I was just like, and they're like, oh, this is like a bad, why would you post this? This is a bad look for you, Call I probably shouldn't have named names, but I was like, I, I, I didn't name the actual names, just name post names. But I was just like, dude, like the idea that Jalen Brown for Ben Simmons was going to make us better. The only time I ever actually considered that for like a second is when we were 18 and 21. That's it. I, I the idea of it made me sick, like to my stomach. I, I, I was like, dude, like I do not want to trade Jalen Brown for Ben Simmons. Like it's what I said last year. What you said last year. He's a loser. End of story. I don't want to hear you know, back issues. I don't want to hear it. He's a fucking loser. End of story. He is a perennial loser. He always dude. will be. And remember when the Nets won the trade? I was like, dude, what are you talking about? We it, was more, uh, it was more 50-50. Like, both teams got better versus Did getting though, worse. Honestly, both, it feels like a lose-lose for both teams right now. Like, honestly, because yeah. the, the Sixers yeah. are going to have to pay hard in five years and God knows how much, or four years, God knows how much. So it's, yeah, I don't know. I, I actually think it's been kind of a lose-lose for both teams. But, but like, listen, Drum, dude. like Drummond, remember? I, I remember, yeah, by the way, yeah. I, here's a Paul received from before the series. Drummond is going to own you guys if we play in the playoffs. That was after I sent him the Robert Williams tearing his meniscus thing. <laughs> yeah, how did that go? Did he really Paul, say that? <laughs> yeah. Paul, I don't think you understand. In the past, Andre Drummond has played terribly against the Celtics. Not bad. Terribly. I knew he was going to suck in this series. Everyone knew he was going to suck in this series. And the what funny has, thing is, what your has ever been good? Yeah, like for like half a year this year. And I even I, I was saying, give it time. You know, Drummond <laughs> always finds a way. And like I I I, I just yeah, no, this was great. I just I can't wait for Paul to be on the pod so I can roast him. God, if 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 we lose God. You know, for a bit we lose the box and he's talking shit because what 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 he knows what's coming for him oh my god but, um yeah it, no this was just the point is the nets you know they have bruce brown as a free agent they do have his bird rights but at the same time somebody's an old man yeah like nick claxton is a restricted free agent like oh I mean, he's he's all right, but he, he went one for eleven from the line in Game Four. Basically, cost them the game. Oh, and wow. and like, who else? Like, the point is, they don't really have any assets. This is their. They don't team. have cap space. Either. They don't have cap space. There's no real way for them to get cap space. Like, they who's in a worse? Who's in a worse situation? The Lakers or the Nets? <laughs> Oh man! Welcome to the Lakers and Nets World Yeah, <laughs> yeah remember, remember when the Lake pe- people found that funny graphic where it's like, should we just fast forward to the finals and it's Lakers and Nets? And it's like, I still oh, remember when the Westbrook God. the Westbrook trade to LA happened, and me and you were the only people that were like, you know, no, oh, that's a bad trade. Yeah, yeah, that's a bad trade. And I'm like, how the pe- hell do people think this is a good move? Like, this is gonna be a disaster. And it, 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 I didn't think it'd be that bad. Like as bad as it was, but I knew it was going to be bad. I, I knew I it wasn't going to work. Wait, so like, who's the worst GM, LeBron or Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving? <laughs> oh man! Oh, last like last off season for the Nets did not exactly. I mean, not only did Harden come into camp out of shape, they spend the mid level on Patty Mills, who was okay, but you let Jeff Green walk, who was probably a better fit. They, uh, they who else? What else did they do? They. They got, I mean, trade wise, they, they, they re-signed Blake Griffin. 
This Terrible. is the last off season. Yeah, but he was at he was at least somewhat playable in the series. He hadn't played for months. Um, they brought Lamarcus Aldridge back. They also didn't play him in the series. It's just a mess. It is a mess, Nets, and I love it. And I one year ago they were clowning us for beating us in five without Jalen Brown, with half our roster being G League talent. And how does it feel now? Okay. Now to be fair, on. to be fair, if you right. had Jalen Brown, you guys still weren't going to beat them. But. Yeah, we weren't. No, last last year's team was garbage. I, this this year's team is totally different. Um, even just first half Celtics would definitely not have beaten this Nets team. Second half Celtics obviously did. Um, so we let's actually get yeah, yeah. Let's let's reserve so our two. let's reserve our roasts for Paul when he actually gets on the podcast. Yeah. So the four five uh, three six was Bucks Bulls. Like I said, that was just pretty much a straightforward blowout. Um. Four five, what was four five again? Oh, Raptors Sixers. So that was okay. Honestly, dude, I thought I thought Toronto was gonna come back from three zero and I, beat them. I was I I thought maybe, you know, uh, it could happen. But I said if they win Game Six, the Raptors will win Game Seven. But they'd have to win Game Six, and then they didn't. But obviously, the story is not going to be that. At the end of the day, it's going to be Joel Embiid. Right. Um, but the, the, the team, yeah, the, so the, the rap, like the series, um, was a little more lopsided in the beginning than I thought it was going to be. I, I, I think we kind of underrated the fact that, you know, as much as Toronto could cause problems defensively, like they're, they just didn't have playoff offense. And, you know, that, that you can't beat Joel B without playoff offense. Yeah. And, and, you know, credit to them for winning games four and five, but you know, I in and I think I just think like yeah, I I this is why I was kind of saying during the season I'm like I don't really believe in the Raptors in the playoffs. They kind of don't feel like a team, you know, that's built for the playoffs. And they they're were. like they're like two years away from being like a contender, right? Like Scotty yeah. Barnes, Scotty Barnes, Scotty is Barnes really is a good. great pick. OG Ananobi is a pretty solid player. Like Siakam chokes in the playoffs, but he's not terrible. Yeah, Van Honestly, Fleet is pretty good. If I were them, I would trade Siakam right now. I don't think there is any. He, I, his, he played well in the regular season, and he's I more think, of like a know, number two, though. Right? Remember when they won the I don't title think with he's Kawhi? A he's like an yeah, X like, factor think, player. Yeah, the point is, is that like I think. I just think Siakam, it, it just it feels like if why not cash on cash in on his value now and give everything to Scotty Barnes, you know like that's that's uh, how yeah. I feel about it. Yeah, like that's how and and you know Van Vliet, you know not sure. I, I would keep Gary Trent Jr. He had a pretty good series and he's a. I still think. Let me look. I think he's pretty young. Still, I think um, Gary Trent. Gary oh, Trent Jr. Got to be like twenty five, like, right? He, yeah, he's 23. Yeah, he's, he's very young. Oh, holy so, shit. Yeah, yeah, so there's no point in trading him. OG, Van Vliet, and... Um, Scotty Barnes. Scott And, and uh, Siakam, the three veterans they had that we mentioned on this podcast. Like, Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, like th- those are the three guys I maybe look into. Like Siakam, in particular, like you want to know who would be great on that team because we're going to get to Utah in a second, but I would say Gobert. Like, Gobert mm. would make that team pretty scary. Because they they don't really have a center right now. They kind of do it by committee with Boucher, Precious Achua, and uh, Kem Birch. Birch. 
Yeah. And that kind of hurt them in the series too. That the damn B factor, he just dominated, even with like a torn ligament with his thumb. But yeah, I think Toronto's in a good spot though. I mean, they, they don't like they, they're still relatively young. They don't have don't have to do anything drastic. They got a very good general manager. So yeah, they had a good season. No one should hang their heads uh in Toronto. And I just think, yeah, like we kind of underrated how much their lack of playoff offense was going to affect them. And if it were me, at least I would cash in on Siakam and maybe Van Vliet now and try to give the team like fully to their younger guys. But that's just me. Yeah, that makes sense. We'll see what happens, though. I mean, they're they have one really good player for the future with Scotty Barnes. Um, so that's all you really need, right? You just, if you hit on one guy and then you can, then the rest of the pieces fall in or it gets a lot easier. Yeah. So the, the point is, is that they're not in dire straits. They're not in a rush. So they're, they, but it, 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 it's a good season overall for them. For the Sixers, obviously the story we'll get to when we preview Sixers seed is they're likely got no shot now with Embiid breaking his face, but in games, and by the way, up 30 with four minutes to go in game six. Good job. Doc Rivers for having him out there for absolutely no reason. Um, but all right, so let's get to the West. So the one eight was Suns Pelicans, which was way more entertaining than we thought it was going to be. Um, first off, shout out to the Pelicans, man. Seriously, like they they barely they made it a series. Yeah, through the play-in. I get it, Booker got hurt, but they fought, man. They could, they won two. They almost won game six. They almost forced game seven. Like, that is – if it weren't for Chris Paul going 14 for 14, you know, they probably would have won. And it's just unfortunate. I mean, Willie Green proved he's a really good coach. Uh, they had no Zion the whole season. He basically quit on the team. Brandon Ingram really played great in the playoffs. I think he deserves a lot of credit. Um, yeah. CJ McCollum they, was a good pickup for them. Yeah, though he did kind of start with the end of the series, but at the same time, it's hard. To, it's really hard to be like critical of them when they were so overmatched talent wise, and and you know had Zion openly quit on them this year. But you know, and guys like Jose Alvarado, who I told you about in midseason, I th- I think he's absolutely hilarious. He reminds me of Shane Larkin in Boston, except like way more funny and annoying because like he was annoying Chris Paul, like he's. <laughs> When Chris Paul shooed him away when he was doing that thing, he was trying to sneak up from behind. I was dying. I was like, <laughs> they, I mean, you got to give Alvarado credit. Like guys like that, they found Herb Jones in the second round. That was a great pick. The it, like Zion says he's going to sign the extension. We'll see if he does. If he does, obviously, I know as a Knicks fan, that's not great news. But at the same time, they deserve credit. I mean, and honestly, it looks very bad for Zion that he quit on them like he did. It looks very, very bad. And Dude, would you would you honestly would you give him the two hundred million dollar max extension? I mean, I wouldn't feel good about would it, be, but from New I would be very perspective, cons- I just think oh, they have to do it. I'd be concerned too, because again, he hasn't proved that he's healthy. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, he's had a lot of injuries, but he's so good, dude. When he's healthy, he and, and if he says he wants to stay, I think just think he got to do it. You know, it's one of those things. Like, Christian, right. yeah, if I had to ask you today, would you pay Jalen Brown a max contract? Would you do it? Probably, you have to. But he's had his injury problems too. You know, this hamstring is this is not even close the first time. 
you know, uh, Christian, he had the, in the 2018 playoffs, he had a game seven against the Bucks, And I think in 2019, he had problems with it. Um, 2000, last, I think it was a lot, this year, you know, last year, he's had plenty of hamstring problems over the years and knee problems over the years. So, and he obviously he has, Jalen Brown has his flaws. He's got tunnel vision sometimes. He falls asleep on defense a lot. Uh, but he is a very good scorer. He's a very good number two next to Jason Tatum. And so I think he just kind of got to bite the bullet and do it. It's one of those scenarios, like kind of like the Pelicans are with Zion, you know? Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, but I, I think if he signs it, I think that's a win for the Pelicans overall. You could, if he asks out, then the line is. And plus, you know what? Uh, we lost in all this. They have the Lakers pick this year, which is like, <laughs> Lakers. Right. Uh, man, if they didn't win a championship, that AD trade would have been so bad. Like, I oh mean, my it's, God. but it's still kind of bad. Yeah, you won a championship, but the goal is not to win one. You got to win like two or three, right? And it's a Mickey Mouse ring. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that championship doesn't count unless your team wins it. Uh, the So... Yeah, yeah, I mean, the Pelicans are in a pretty good spot. I think they kind of rescued themselves from the darkest timeline, per se. And, yeah, they deserve to, you know, they deserve all the credit in the world for the Phoenix Suns. You know, it's I think Booker's hamstring is a little concerning, but he did come back and look pretty good in game six. And, you know what, the credit to them, they didn't fold when they had a lot of adversity. Now they, you know, move on to face Dallas, who we'll get to in a second. Um, I don't think we need to touch on much more of that. I mean, I, I, I there's not, like... A lot of these teams that lost in the first round don't really have a lot of drama, like the Nets and Utah do. You know, like the, yeah. Nets, like, like the Raptors and Pelicans don't really have that. I guess you could say the Zion drama for the Pelicans, but outside of Zion, like what really, like Ingram is locked up, if I'm correct. Um, yeah. They're they most a bunch of picks. Is, most of their yeah. team is very young. Yep. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think we need to really overthink that. So the 2-7 was probably the best series, Grizzlies-Timberwolves. I, I mean... Man, honestly, the Timberwolves completely blew this series. I don't care what people say. Like, they blew three double-digit leads in the fourth quarter. Like, that is that is not good. And honestly, it kind of lowered my opinion of Memphis a lot, judging by how they played in the series and how they'll do against Golden State. Oh, excuse me. But um, I just think, like, man, Anthony Edwards is great. I have my problems with Carl Anthony Towns, but he is very good offensively. D'Lo is such a major problem for that team. Like, he is... I get it. He's Cat's friend. But he sucks, dude. He is really bad. Like, he is not good at all. And that's a major problem, considering they gave up a top 10 pick for him. I think it became Kaminga. And and they paid him a max, or close to it. Like, it's... The D'Lo problem for the Wolves, I mean, for the most part, they kind of saved their tenure with Cat. I think Cat's probably going to stay now, but if you're D'Lo, I mean, if you're if you're the Timberwolves, like, you got to find a solution with D'Lo. Like, I just don't think you can win anything when he's your point guard. And Edwards, to his credit, had a great series, although his defense at the end of Game 5 on the jog game winner was terrible. I think overall he had a great series. And I don't know, though. If I'm... If I'm uh, what's his face? If I'm the if I'm the Wolves, I don't know if I do with D'Lo because that's kind of a huge concern. Um, I mean, yeah, like the good thing about the T Wolves is right again, 
they have two really good players that you could probably say, like, yeah, you could build around. Uh, but when it comes to D'Lo, it's like, can you even trade him? Like, his contract is kind of bad. Who would want him? What do you get for him? It's something they got to figure out. Like, would there be, like, a desperate team that's, like, in contention that says, like, hey, maybe he puts us over the hump. Let's go after him. I don't know about that. But, you know, Memphis, we'll talk about them in a few. Like, again, just a really young, promising team. But they're young, so they make a lot of stupid mistakes. And... (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how the team would blew multiple thirty point leads. That's crazy. <laughs> no, no, three, uh, three fourth quarter double digit leads. Oh, there but, you go. Ooh. Yeah, they blew a twenty point lead in like four minutes in game three, I think. And oh, Jesus. Yeah, like it's it's. They need a point. And by the way, you know who deserves huge credit is Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly absolutely turned that franchise around. He completely changed the culture and. You know, the, 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 they celebrate like they won a championship, which I can't blame them. Like, in terms of worst franchises in the NBA, They're I mean, there. The, the, the Kings are probably the only team that's worse. I mean, the Wolves have made the playoffs in two times in 18 years. Like, that is insane. That is insane. And they've only been past the first round once, I believe, when that was when KG made the conference finals with them in 2004. And then they didn't make the playoffs for, you know, another 14 years after that. So, it's yeah, like, for the Wolves, this is still a great season. It's just really disappointing for them because they really should have won this series, in my opinion. And honestly, on the Memphis side, there's some legit concerns, man. There are some legitimate concerns with this team. First off, the two young thing kind of comes up for me. But John Morant's defense is a problem. I didn't think he played that great in this series uh jaron jackson jr didn't play that great in this series um i thought dylan brooks played really well from what i mean this is all from what i saw i only saw a few games but like it's you know it feels like the grizzlies they're so young that they have a lot of bad habits you know getting into huge 20 point holes and you know their next series, they're facing Golden State. And who has better winning habits than Golden State? So, yeah, man. Yeah, I, I can't. I, 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 I'm definitely not picking the Grizzlies next series, personally. Um, that's all I would say on that series. I mean, it, it's a shame it didn't go seven. It really deserved to. But, I mean, if I'm a Grizzlies fan, I'm happy I won. To make it clear, you won a playoff series. You know, good for them, obviously. But it's pretty concerning in a way too, because you're you know you thought of your team potentially going to the conference finals. I mean, obviously it's possible they beat Golden State, but like I say, I'll get to in the preview. I I would be pretty shocked. Uh, and for the Wolves, you know, I mean, you're only getting better. But the D'Lo thing is a pretty major concern. It's it's gotten to a point with D'Lo that he was so bad in this series. That you you I but I don't know what you do because I'm not really sure who's gonna take him. You don't want to give up a first just to get off D'Angelo Russell. So we'll have to see. Although if, if there's a trade out there where they could trade like my I, I thought of like D'Lo for Brogdon, you know, like that would be very good for them, in my opinion. I think that would make them a lot better. But we'll just have to say. Uh so three six was Warriors Nuggets. Again, we don't need to spend too much time on that. 
Um, yeah, just Nuggets were injured. Yeah. That's really Nuggets, what the Nuggets thing were is. injured. They were overwhelmed. You know, Jokic did his best. Draymond played great defense on him. Jokic did his best, but you know, we all knew what was going to happen in that series, and it happened. Okay, four five was Dallas Utah. Uh, so oh boy, Prince Utah. Luka, <laughs> yeah, first off, we need to give an apology on this podcast, to Jason Kidd, who yes, is proving that he can. So, because he can somewhat coach now. Good for him about that. Um, but, you know, because before he was, like, the worst coach in the NBA. Uh, or at least one of them. But he did a great – he's done a great job with this Mavs team. They're fully bought in. I think, Christian, you would agree with me that the loss of Reggie Bullock for the Knicks has been bigger than we think. And Oh, man, I miss Reggie a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he's just your classic 3 and D tough guy, you know. The glue guy on the team that makes everything gel. Right. Absolutely. They have him, you always they need have that him, guy. They have him and Finney Smith, who basically do the same thing. And, you know, credit to them. Luca played really well coming back from a calf strain in this he's series. He's a beast, dude. He's yeah. such a beast. You know, did, you I, see I, the, did, you, did you see the and one where he, like, pumped Rudy and just, like, got him up and fucking scored? Yeah. And then he was just like, ah, like, yes, Luca. <laughs> I don't think Dallas is really the story of this series because really the most intriguing offseason team now is Utah Jazz. Um, what a shit show for them. Oh, my goodness. I joked the minute Danny Ainge got to Utah that them and the Celtics switched bodies because then the <laughs> Utah was the team blowing leads, playing unlikable <laughs> basketball, and then the Celtics became the likable team, doing winning stuff, like Pat moving the ball around. Yeah, man, I, 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 I don't know what you're gonna do with Utah. I, I. Do you think Donovan Mitchell is the number one? No, definitely not. I, I, and you know what? Honestly, my opinion of him lowered a lot after this series. I thought he played terribly. I think there's no excuse for it, and I don't want to hear that. Oh, he was checked out. You can still be checked out and play well. Look at Jimmy Butler's last year in Philadelphia. Remember how great he was in that series against the Raptors? Like, yes. he played out of his mind in that series. Like, I'm sorry. This is just – there is no excuse for Mitchell to guard as badly as he did. For their team, their problem with their team is really simple, dude. They have no one that can guard anybody on the perimeter. And then Rudy has to help out, and that leads to wide-open threes. So when teams go small, like, put, like Dallas did, putting Kleber out there at the five, Utah had no answer. And – but you know what else, too, though, dude, honestly, in, uh, you know, the modern NBA, as I always call it, as you can see, like 95% of centers have no offensive game. Like Rudy Gobert has no post game. No, he doesn't have a jump shot, doesn't, can't shoot threes. So he's literally just there for defense. It's like, well, when you eliminate the paint defense that, he needs to play. He's basically a useless hundred and forty million dollar player out there. Like, <laughs> like, what are you yeah. supposed to do? <laughs> it's, it's just they are in a, such a weird spot. And well, they're not a weird spot. It's pretty obvious there. They've hit their ceiling. They're what you call a quote unquote treadmill team. And they're Portland like two I, years I, ago. Yeah. They're very similar, and I don't even know what you're going to do if you're Danny. I mean, Danny's not really the GM. He's like, you know, like we, we know what Danny's there for. He's kicking his feet up. He's the consultant, even though he's called the CEO. 
Um, he doesn't do the day-to-day stuff anymore. And I do wonder what, I mean, listen, but we say what you want about Danny Ainge. One thing I've known about him over the years is that mm-hmm. Danny Ainge has a lot of, like, he holds on to the players he drafts, you know? He likes the players he drafts. And look, Grin, the way these Celtics guys he's drafted have looked, I guess you can't really blame them you know, the, right now. I mean, his draft actually looks pretty good, you know, considering how the team is playing. Uh, but he didn't draft any of this Utah team. None of it. So Right, so they're all expendable, like we expect yeah, they're all ex- to be. So here's – I'm just going to go off a prediction. And I know Tim McMahon of ESPN said teams are preparing as if Mitchell's going to ask out which obviously absolutely could happen. My opinion is I don't think he's going to do it yet. And the reason I don't think he's going to do it yet is simple. He has three years left on his contract. He doesn't have much leverage, you know, over where he goes. I I think he does. Let me make sure of that. I'm pretty sure he has three years left. And if that's the case, like, you know, he doesn't, like, if he asks for a trade, it's not like they'll trade him because teams will play with two years of Donovan Mitchell. Uh, yeah, he's got three guaranteed years left in a player option after ne- after uh, after this year. So I think his agent's going to tell him, I know you probably want out of Utah, but, you know, it probably should wait a little bit, at least till the deadline next year. So my prediction is I think Rudy Gobert is going to be traded, and I think they're going to try to build a team that's a lot smaller, a lot faster, I think my idea for a trade was Siakam and OG to Utah for Gobert. And that would make sense, some sense on both sides in that, you know, Utah gets faster and smaller and better. They they need perimeter defense so badly. They need perimeter defense so badly. And because Rudy, like, that's their problem. They just expect Rudy to clean up every defensive flaw they have. And I don't know what you're going to do when, you know, when he's not there. And I mean, it, like what, what you're going to do when he's sitting and like, it's, it's just, it's unfeasible to expect this model to work anymore in the, in the NBA, you need perimeter defenders. Look at the Celtics, look at the box, look at the heat, you know, the, those teams all have perimeter defenders. They have long perimeter defenders who can switch, who can, you know, guard multiple positions the Utah just doesn't have that. And so guys like him, I think Bogdanovich could be moved. I think Jordan Clarkson could be get moves. Uh, Conley, Mike Connolly. Conley's been a disaster for them. You know, like, let's just be real. Like, two out of three years since he's been there, it's been an absolute failure. So that trade can be called an absolute failure. I don't really know what – I just don't really know what they're going to do. Like, it, it's just such a – well, they have two options. They have two options, right? Option three. Option one is if you really believe in this team, which nobody does, then they're going to try to retweak and keep going along with this this horrible experiment. That's not going to work. Option number two they'll, is they'll tweet. retweet. They won't like make any huge changes. Obviously, they're going to make changes. I mean. We just don't know what they're going to be. But but I'm saying like there's three options, right? If they really believe in Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, they're going to keep. They're going to keep them together and try to, you know, change some things up. Option number two is trade either one of those guys and build around the other, which, again, 
it's like kind of a rebuild, but not really. And then option number three is just tear the motherfucker down and start all over because you're in the Western Conference. You're not better than the Suns. You're not better than the Warriors. You're not better than the Timberwolves. You're not better than any of the contending team. Then you probably won't be for three to five years. So what's the point of just 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 being on the treadmill, right? Tear the motherfucker down. Trade everybody. Get a lot of picks. See what you can do in five years. <laughs> Those are their three <laughs> options. So they got to pick one, and whatever they do is is gonna be it's gonna be interesting because you know teams are gonna try to trade for Donovan Mitchell. They're gonna call. Um, you're not you're not sold on him being your number one. I don't really know. I think he's probably like a one B to your like two. But what can you get? What what's the return you can get for Donovan Mitchell? Like, are you getting a bunch of picks? Are you getting only a couple of picks? Are you getting a player? And then again, with Rudy, oh, I, he's just he's just an archaic player, you know? Like, yeah, he's a great defensive player in the paint, but he doesn't have an offensive game. So it's like, are you really just trading for a shot blocker that you're paying $140 million for? It's very, very difficult. <laughs> so they're just, they're, they're just yeah, literally, they're, they're, they're mid. And that is literally the worst place you can be in the NBA. Like, you can say, like, the Knicks, for, the Knicks, for instance, right? Like, we're not mid. Like, we suck. But at least we have, like, both we have, like, promising, like, one kind of promising player in picks. Like, we haven't paid anybody, like, an insane contract yet. Like, Randall's contract is bad, but it's kind of movable maybe in a couple of years. The, the Jazz are kind of, like, they're stuck. I don't know what the yeah. fuck they do. They have like five terrible contracts. It's like, what do they do? Hey man, I, we the Celtics have that you know that Fournier ATP we got from you guys when you guys signed him, and I I my oh, I forgot dream about my dream target was uh, Clarkson from Utah because I feel like a bench of you know Derek White, Peyton Pritchard, Jordan Clarkson, and, uh, Grant Williams, and Daniel Tice is pretty damn good, but it's it's just. I, it's like you said, there's three options. I don't know which route they're going to go. If Dom Mitchell asks, asks out, then you know the route you got to go. Yeah, yes. yeah It's boomtown. And by the way, we haven't even talked about the fact that, you know, there's serious rumors Quinn Snyder is going to just quit. You know, like, he's probably fed up with the – and granted, it's not like he's a amazing coach. He's just good. But, I mean, he's probably done with the – let's face it, he probably hears it every day. Every one of these guys hears this shit every day. You know, the whole Rudy and Donovan, butting heads, passive-aggressive, all that stuff. Yeah. It's it's just, it's a nightmare scenario, man. I, I really don't know. And But hey, man, Danny Ainge has done very successful teardowns before. And I think he's going to do this. Again, my prediction is I don't think they're going to go full teardown. I think one of Rudy or Mitchell is going to get traded. I think D Wade is probably going to go to Mitchell and just say, "Just give us like till the deadline." You know, excuse me. They probably and, have they probably have one more year, right? Yeah, that's what I, that's what I'm thinking because just because of the contract, you know, right? Like, just because he had three years left. Because again, if he asks out now, he has no leverage at all, and. And this is the same problem with Damian Lillard. 
you know, if Damian Lillard, uh, the rumor, you know, you want to stay on the West Coast, get traded to a West Coast team, like, you have no leverage for that. You know, if you ask out when you have four years left on your deal, you could get traded anywhere. You could trade to Philly, you could trade New York, you could trade Boston, doesn't matter. So, yeah, like, it, it's it's just, it's, it's, they're just in such a bad spot. Um, I, I really don't know where they go from here, but you know what, man, you, you gotta nail this off season. If it means blowing it up, means blowing it up, means tweaking the roster, means tweaking the roster. But my prediction is I would be shocked if Snyder's there next year. Personally, I think Quinn Snyder is going to probably leave coaching for a little bit. And it's probably, I don't, I don't know about you. I don't think he's going to take the Lakers job. That doesn't seem like a job he would want. Quinn Snyder. Uh, oh, hell no. Nobody he, wants he, that terrible job. He'll probably take, he'll probably be interested in the Spurs job whenever Pop retires. He'll probably be interested in like, because he used to coach there somewhere like that, you know, like somewhere it's probably less stressful. Um, maybe Atlanta, if that job opens up somewhere like that. Um, he needs to go to like a small market team and just kind of like have his own. He needs like a, like a damn, like what's a good team that Schneider can go to? I'm trying to think. I would like say a, the Wolves, but the Chris Finch oh, has done yeah. a great job. Well, Chris Finch has done a great job there. Low key, like he got them this far. He deserves a ton of credit. Um, maybe the Pistons. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like he, he needs to go to a team that had like a promising young core, and you know, because like what like wasn't Quinn Schneider there when they drafted Mitchell, or did he come in the year after? I can't remember. I think he was there before because I think he coached Gordon Hayward too. Okay, right. So that's what I mean. Like Quinn Schneider is really good with like young players and developing them. So I think he needs to go to like that kind of situation where you you give him like a window of like three to five years to really build a team up. And then, you know, he can get you to a certain point. Can he get you over the hump? I don't fucking know. (laughs) (laughs) He hasn't been able to in Utah, but. Yeah, I'm not sure. But what I mean, it's also a tough roster to win with. You know, it's it's yes. like it, it's it's tough. It's tough. I just there there is there's like you said, it's a dead end. It's a dead end, and so I don't really know what they're gonna do. They, easily, I don't know about you, Christian, but they're mm-hmm. to me the most fascinating team in the offseason. Like last year, the most fascinating offseason team was Portland, and honestly, they ended up just kind of not doing anything. Small moves. Then they didn't yeah. work. They dumped a bunch of good players for not much, honestly. And yeah. now they kind of are where they are. So with Utah, we'll just see. We just have to see. Um, so all I know is, listen, all I know is Donovan Mitchell's dad works for the Mets. So, you know. Yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> no, you know, I was, I was on the field with the Mets. And I, I was wondering if, like, someone who was on the field, like, if there was, if he was like there, you know, because like it right. was for the it was for a Fordham class, and uh-huh. I, I do wonder if he was just there, and I had no idea. <laughs> Possibly, I yeah. Mean, w- w- I don't know, dude. Maybe, oh, man, that's yeah. You're absolutely right, Nick. Like this is oh, this one is gonna be the thing too. to watch. Yeah, one more thing too. Everyone talks about the Knicks with Mitchell, and I get it. He probably will want to go there. All that. I think that's gonna happen though. But but let's just keep it real for a second. He's yes. not the savior. Like I'm sorry. Of course, nah, he he'd be like a number, Mitchell. He'd, yeah, he's not a number one. I'm sorry. He's not. If the Knicks thing, like I saw Ashley Nicole Moss and I saw Knicks fan TV talk about Mitchell, 
And I'm like, yeah, yeah he, he's a good player, but like he's a very good player, but he's flawed. He is really, really flawed. And honestly, like, what would it take to get him? Because listen, if there's one thing you and I know about Danny Ainge, he's not going to give you to the Knicks easily. You know, he's not going to give him to the Knicks. No, I don't he's think not he's, giving it, he's not giving it to he's not giving him to anybody easily, right? <laughs> yeah, like we know one thing we know about Danny Ainge is that he we saw with Billy King. You know, right? He, yep. By the way, our Lord and Savior Billy King. Our Lord and Savior. Every every win, every win the Celtics have had in that playoff run, I just sent Paul a photo of Billy King. Build a statue of him in Boston. Uh, wait didn't i see didn't i see something that said that he has more playoff wins than sean marks does sean marks yeah (laughs) wow yikes that's tough you know that not only did billy king give us tam and brown he also gave the blazers damian lillard people forget that like oh because he did trade that for, for gerald wallace all oh, right. Oh my God, that's horrible. Wow. So the Nets could have had Damian Lillard, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum on their team. Damn, Paul. I hope you're hearing this. <laughs> although right, Paul's so, probably, although Paul's probably. I mean, they still have Kevin Durant and Kyrie. Well, it's not like the end of the world, but still. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Is it not the end of the world? No. <laughs> All right. Let's get to the previews of the second round. Um, Heat. Should we start in the West? Obviously. I know. Okay, we know what's with the West. All right, so the one seed is um, Suns. The one seed, the Suns against the Mavs. This could be a very good series, but I like I Phoenix. Think this... I think Phoenix. Yeah, I think Phoenix is very well built. I think McCall Bridges on Luca is going to be a major problem for the Mavs. I think McCall Bridges, you know, him and Smart were the top two. I think vote getters for Defensive Player of the Year for mm-hmm. a reason. Um, and I think I just think Phoenix's defense is too good. I think another problem for the Mavs is who's going to guard Chris Paul. Like that's, I mean Brunson is good. I, Brunson had a great series. Give him props, man. He's not really a defensive but player though. He's not. That's the issue. Like their Mavericks defense, the Mavericks defense is solid, and they can put Finney Smith on him maybe to cause some issues, but and or Reggie Bullock. Yeah. But, I just feel like the Suns have too much depth. They have too many threats. And also... Who's going to guard Aiden, though? They don't really have a center. That's what I was going to say. They don't really like... Is Dwight Powell really going to slow Aiden down? I really doubt it. And I just think, like, this is an example of... The Mavs had a very good year. They should feel very good about themselves. But they're very far away. Yeah. And... And... uh, I just saw a video of someone's at practice of just Udoka taking threes and he, he just drilled it. Uh, uh, but uh, the, yeah, no, this, it's, um, I just think it's one of those scenarios where they're just going to be overmatched. And oh my God, Doc Rivers on his decision to have him beat in late and during a blowout. The other team had all their guys in. <sighs> Gotta love the Tom Thibodeau effect there, baby. Hey, I mean, Tibbs was his main right-hand man in Boston, you know, when they won the championship. But oh, so uh, that's, a, that's a Doc Rivers kind of thing. Thanks, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. No, I, right. I, I, but I getting back to that, yeah, dude, I, I, I just think the Mavericks, like, 
first of all, we got to give credit to Luca because this team really shouldn't be even in the second round. Like, yeah. some of the guys they have are good role players, but let's be honest. Like, this is really the Luca show, and he's really carrying. And also, um, Utah, Utah should have beaten them. I mean, Luca yes. didn't play for three games. There's no yes. excuses. Yes. No and excuses. Also, and also, it's kind of hilarious how the Mavericks are doing better after they traded that idiot for Sasport Angus. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, yeah, didn't trade, trade for Spencer didn't. Sorry, that was a good trade. Yeah, I was going to say, that was a good yeah. trade for them. Spencer Dinwiddie uh, has actually been surprisingly kind of good for them. And after he was terrible in Washington. And he was so bad that, you know, they traded him a half a season in. And apparently yeah, everyone in the locker room hated him. Wow. Um, but it, it's, yeah, I just I just kind of look at it like the Mavericks. The Suns are just. Yeah, the, it just feels like this just feels like a series. You know what? It kind of feels like the Mavericks haven't been pushed around yet. Like the Jazz are not going to push them around. The Suns are going to push them around. And with all the wing defenders that the Suns have, I get it. The Mavericks have some good ones too. And Reggie and Finney Smith. I I just kind of look at this series like, yeah, like the Mavericks will make it hard on them. I just think the Suns are too good. I just think the Suns are too experienced. And I just think, you know, it's been, I wouldn't rule out the Mavericks beating them, but I would be kind of surprised. You're forgetting about the secret weapon that the Mavericks have on their bench. You know who? Boban? No, Frank Nidalekina. <laughs> oh, Frankie Smokes. Yeah, I forgot oh, about Boban, too. No, 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 no. Yeah, I... All right. We, I'm gonna say Suns and six. I think like Luca is yeah. gonna carry two games. Like, listen, Bridges is a phenomenal defender, but Luca, if you remember against the Clippers, he's he was putting up numbers against Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, who were probably better defenders than Bridges. Maybe I would say. So yeah. I think I think they'll I think they'll contain Luca, but they're not gonna stop him for seven games. I, unless yeah. unless that happens, think- then I gotta shake Bridges' hand because goddamn, that's that's I, impressive. I just think it's gonna be a scenario where the Bucks, or excuse me, not the Bucks, the Suns just kind of wear them down. You yeah, know, like it, it just kind of feels like. One of those series, which could start off like I could see the Mavs winning Game One in Phoenix, and a lot of people starting to pick them. But I just feel like they haven't really. A lot of these guys haven't really been in this spot before, unlike the yeah. Suns. You know, like who on the Mavs really has like championship experience? Like, do they have uh, Finney Smith? No, Bullock has no. He hasn't even passed the first round. Luca hasn't been past the first round. Brunson hasn't been past the first round. Uh, Dinwiddie hasn't been past the first round. Like. There's a lot of guys that haven't really been here before. Yeah. And also, at the end of the day, Phoenix has home court. I'm going to pick I'm, – I'm with you. I'm picking the Suns in six. Um, is is Deep Book coming back in this series or not? Oh, no. He came back for game six. So, he's so yeah, I'll be back. Oh. Well, this That's I'm not the watching. only wow. thing I could legitimately see derailing the Suns here is if Booker just does not look like himself. And I guess that's possible if we've seen hamstrings are tricky. I'm yeah. currently dealing with the Jalen Brown injury, although he's, <laughs> he's going to play in game one. Um, or at least the, it's looking like he said it's going to play in game one. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just, I don't know. It just kind of feels like one of those series where the, the Suns will just grind them out. You know, they, right, it's just, right. It's just one of those grind it out, but the, the Suns will just have too much. Uh, so the other one is Grizzlies Warriors. I think we're all taking the Warriors, right? Yeah, I just... I the, can't pick, the, the I can't pick the Grizzlies here. The I Grizzlies can't. again. The Grizzlies are like a 
two years away from being contenders because they're just too young. They make too many young mistakes. Like you can just tell, like they have, you see the future, you see the potential there, but they're just really like, they're just a couple of years off from being a very good team and a very scary team, in my opinion. And I just think the Warriors, it's going to be very hard to guard Steph Curry. Draymond is going to cause fits. You know, Clay is obviously still not the same player that he once was, but he's getting back into his form. And the fucking Warriors bench is just good, dude. Like, they're getting all these fucking guys. Jordan Poole and all these other guys are fucking playing great. Like, why are the Warriors Warriors so lucky? (laughs) I know. But listen, and you know what's funny is they tank for a whole season to pick James Wiseman, and he's done nothing in this Warriors career, and they're still good. Now, imagine um, if they picked LaMelo. Oh, my God. I know. That's going to be one of the biggest. If they don't win a championship in the next, like, five years, that's going to be, like, the biggest what if people have. If they just passed on Wiseman and picked LaMelo. And I don't want to hear the, oh, LaMelo and Curry wouldn't have. Yes, they would have. There's too much talent. Me? Yeah, for what? it not to work. Dude, it's, it's, <laughs> Steph would be coming off screens and with fucking Draymond setting them, and LaMelo would be diving into Clay. The playmaking on that Are you team. kidding me? Woo! The playmaking oh on a team with the Warriors system would have been absolutely bananas. And, but there's no point in even, you know, speculating on it now because obviously they're not going to play. So we both agree. I'm going to honestly pick the Warriors. Are you saying I'm sweet? The Warriors in five. I, I don't think this is going to be as close as people make it out to be. Well, maybe. I wanted to see no, that. No, I'm picking them in five. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I think. I just think that the Warriors are just so well built for the playoffs with Jordan Poole merging this year. Maybe I'm not, I don't know. Well, the Grizzlies do have home court. That's what kind of gives me big pause, but nah, I'm going to just say, I I think Golden State wins this in five. I I think the Grizzlies just have too many flaws. Specifically, I think their lack of shooting is going to come up in this series. Uh, and yeah, I, it's, I, I think the Warriors are just better built. I'm very tempted to say Warriors in six, but I, I cannot see the Grizzlies winning a series. I'll take the Warriors in six. So our answers aren't the same. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like I said, I just think Memphis is like a couple years away from being contenders and the Warriors are just, they have the playoff experience, man. Like they've been to the finals. Steph Curry, although he's not really great in the playoffs, like he, I just it's gonna be really hard for Ja or Dylan Brooks to run around and chase after him for seven games. And don't forget, the Warriors lost to the Grizzlies in the play-in last year. So you know the Warriors that's yeah, in the back true. of their minds. They're thinking, oh, we gotta get revenge on these motherfuckers. So I think it's gonna be a fucking <laughs> I think it's gonna be an intense and fun series. Um, but it, it kind of it's kind of like if you remember Nick in like 2013 when the Warriors lost to the Clippers, it was like that was kind of like the Warriors breakout season where you saw maybe the potential of like a championship team, but you're like, oh, they're still a couple of years away. I think this is kind of, I don't want to say like the passing of the torch per se, but maybe the transition to the next great team. I'm very high on the Grizzlies, obviously. So. The next series we can go east is Heat Sixers, and honestly, are we just we're gonna sweet? spend most of our time talking about the injury, uh, which broke yeah, in the middle. Of, by the way, hell, low key, no one's talking about this. Hell of a news dump by the Sixers putting that news in the middle of the NFL draft. That was very smart. <laughs> <laughs> 
that is a hell of a news dump by Maury. Okay. So Philly fans, right <laughs> Philly fans are high off the copium of AJ Brown. Like, oh, by the way, Embiid is out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're like, oh my god, we have AJ Brown. We got him. Oh shit. Um, when they said no timetable for a return, I don't know about you, I couldn't imagine him returning before like game five, and <sighs> unless they're just it's just pure gamesmanship, and the series really might be over by then. If, if they had Embiid. By game, I'll preview it in two ways. If they haven't beat by game three, mm-hmm. they have somewhat of a chance. They're probably going to lose both games in Miami, but then they could win both games at home. It's not like totally out of the question. I was going to pick the Heat anyway. I don't know about you. Um, I think Spolstra is going to coach circles around Doc. And I think that, you know, Tyrese Maxey's played great in these playoffs, but. James Harden has not been that great since he got to Philly. And I don't think it's going to continue. I don't think it's going to get any better for him in a series like this. Uh, so if Embiid is back by game three, I'll go Sixers in, I mean, excuse me, Heat in, uh, I'll say Heat in five. Uh, if he's not back till game four or five or six mm, i don't know i might go sweep i mean i i the problem is the heat have been kind of an untrustworthy team low-key and that they they have blown some games that they have huge advantages in but that is the regular season and this is the playoffs um i'm just gonna say in general i think the heat win this in five with this news i just think like it's it's gonna be a lot to ask and to come back from this and it doesn't really feel like I think I, I'm going to assume he's out for the series. Honestly, I don't think he's going to come back or he's, if he's going to come back, it's going to be in a game six or seven scenario, which I don't think it's going to get that far. And I think the Sixers will win one game where they shoot like lights out. But I think Jimmy Butler, uh, I think Jimmy Butler's going to have his way in this series. And I think uh, Kyle Lowry is going to have a great series. I just think the Heat defense is too good. I, I just think like the Heat's perimeter defense, which has not even been a big enough story in my opinion, has been which is excellent against Trey Young. I think it's going to slow down Harden and Maxi, and I think I don't think Embiid is going to come back personally. So I'm going to say Heat in five. You know, even with the injury, I feel like Philly wouldn't have won. Like Adebayo would have. Not slowed, he probably kind of slowed down Embiid, but not like stopped him. And he had the torn ligament in his thumb, too. People, right? That's the thing. That. So, the bigger thing here is like, damn, if you're like Philly, you can you trust Embiid to stay healthy? He's always fucking hurt. This is like four yeah. years in a row where he gets hurt every playoffs, playoffs every playoffs, he's always hurt. It's like, kind of nuts. Every playoffs, crazy. he's hurt. He's always hurt, and I like Joel Embiid a lot, but damn, dude. Like, what's, when does it get to a point where you're like, we can't trust this guy to be healthy, man? Like, he's always freaking hurt. Always. It's unbelievable. Well, but, you can't give up on Joel Embiid. That's the other issue, because you know he's so beloved in Philadelphia, and it's not like you're going to get anybody close to his good. But at the same time, you're right. Every It feels like every year it costs them, too. Like every year it, at the worst time, last year was the partially torn meniscus. And credit credit them for trying to play through this stuff, but like yeah, he's adds a beast up. For that, but yeah, man, he adds up. It's not as it's not like his fault. You can't blame him for it. 
but right. he's just like jinxed or something. I don't know what it is about. I don't know what it is about the Sixers, man. They're just jinxed. But like, um, I said it against the Raptors. If you have James Harden on your team, I thought that I thought that that teams with James Harden on their team in the playoffs end up choking because he's a choker and he's never great in the playoffs. So if you really have to rely on Harden to help you win a series, that shit ain't happening. So uh, I absolutely agree. I think the Heat are going to probably, I'm going to say sweep. I think I said the Raptors were going to sweep the 76ers. I was pretty wrong on that. but No, that was Paul. That was Paul. Oh, okay. Uh, but you said the Raptors were going to win. Yeah, I just, again, like, even if even if Embiid was healthy, like, do you really trust James fucking Harden? In the playoffs, no. dude, he's one of the no, worst. He's probably the worst playoff performer in the history of the league. Like that's Plus, not Harden. Harden in Miami with that nightlife. <laughs> oh yeah, I completely forgot about that. Also, like Jimmy Butler is gonna fucking cause fits on him and shit. He's gonna make it really hard on him. And again, like you said, Doc is just a terrible coach. I'm sorry. Versus Spolstra, Spolstra eats alive. Bad coaches. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna he does. Be, it's going to be a very bad series. And it sucks for Philly because, like, you know, healthy and beat him maybe go seven or six. But, yeah, I just don't think uh, – I just don't think they have enough juice in the tank to to get past Miami. So I, I think, will admit – I will admit I laughed a little bit when I saw them say that uh, Paul Reed is going to be like their Nick Foles. <laughs> like when Carson Wentz went down and Nick Foles won them the Super Bowl and you know Paul Reed who is like basically their backup now because DeAndre Jordan is so fucking bad uh, and now they have to play DeAndre Jordan you're 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 screwed the minute you put him in the game and I don't even yeah. know who Paul Reed is, yeah. <laughs> who, the is who the fuck is that he's a backup center for Philadelphia I mean think of it this way he, he's actually I, I didn't really watch him before the playoffs he actually did an okay job in the series I saw against but he's not like anything special. He's just like, think of him like kind of like a poor man's Nerlens Noel. Uh, oh, okay. look, look at it that way. Listen, bro. He no. Uh, there's if Philadelphia wins the series, then they're then they're finals bound without Embiid. But there's no way they're winning the series. And again, if we also want to go back to as I mentioned, the Warriors wanting revenge on the Grizzlies from last year. Don't you think Jimmy Butler's gonna want to cook the 76ers for that debacle that happened after he left? <laughs> He's the, and you know Jimmy Butler holds grudges, okay? I mean, yeah, I, you know, I, I think honestly he's probably – I think he said it. He's a little disappointed that like that beats out because not only is he friends with them, but you want to beat him full strength. But I'm right. sure he, he was looking forward to this 100%. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, the like he was – He went with the Timberwolves third team and smoked the first team. <laughs> still, <laughs> still one of the greatest stories in the history of the league. Oh, my God. So – I'm going to say, I say Heat in five. What do you say? Uh, yeah, I'll say Heat in five, too. I'll give, I'll give Philly one game. So, the last series, what probably, well, may, maybe the best one, maybe. Um, oh, it's absolutely going to be the best. I know. I, mean, I maybe, whole, maybe, yeah. So, let me make this clear. I want to apologize to the Bucks board who temporarily banned me for saying I was I well I hope Chris Middleton recovers. I was relieved I didn't have to face him. I can't believe they banned you for that. It's not like you said thank I God his I, I it's not like you said thank God his hamstring fell off his bone, the little bastard. Yeah. Like, that would have that would have been that would have been a reason to ban you. 
Listen, like, to make it clear, people don't realize how good Chris Middleton is against the Celtics. They really do not understand. Like, I saw a stat where he averages like 23 points per game, 54% shooting, but or 52% shooting. But the one that just made me laugh was 54% from three. 54. And to go, make it <laughs> even crazier, the 2018 playoffs, the Celtics and Bucks played neat. That was a seven game series. That was the year that we beat them in seven games. That's when their coach was was kid's assistant before they hired Budenholzer. Oh, People okay. forget. Do you, all right. Do you want me to read you? Let me pull up the game log. Oh, you got it log. right. <laughs> Dude, you he's have... really that. He's re- I guess he really just hates you guys if he's just cooking you constantly in the, in the playoffs. Okay, let me pull this up. Let me scroll down. Okay, you ready, Christian? Tell me. What's the stat? All seven games. Okay, go. Game one, 12 mm-hmm. for 20, 5 for 7 from 3. Game two, 10 for 14. Four for six from three. Game three, 10 for 17. Three for six from three. Game four, eight for 14. Three for five from three. Game five, his only quote unquote bad game of the series was still nine for 21. Three for six from three. Game six, he was seven for eight. Two for two from three. And game seven, he was 11 for 18. Five for nine from three. So safe to say, I've been a little scarred by Chris Middleton. And you guys beat them that series. Yeah. And even even the next time we faced them in 2000, in, you know, he actually. The Kyrie, the Kyrie debacle? Yeah, he didn't even play that great, but it didn't matter because, like you said, the Kyrie debacle and quitting and all that. Um, but Chris Middleton has always been a Celtics killer. Like, throughout my life, he's been on the Mount Rushmore Celtics killer. <laughs> and, and, Listen, I'm not happy he's hurt. I feel bad for him. I feel bad for Bucks fans that he's hurt. But at the same time, the Celtics have to take advantage of this. You know, it's a huge break. And because the Bucks tanked and were cowards in the last games of the season to avoid the Nets, you know, they now we have home court, not them. So the Celtics have a Huge opportunity, huge opportunity to beat them. How do I think it'll go? Well, I think the Celtics are going to win the series. I do. I sometimes go back and forth on it, but I also did that with the Nets as well. I just think, I think this is going to be harder than the Nets series, even without Chris Middleton. Why I think our defense was actually a little better built to guard a guy like Kevin Durant versus a guy like Giannis. But I think it depends on a few things. Number one, how healthy is Jalen? Obviously, that that kind of even if he played, assuming he plays through this hamstring thing, he's kind of struggled in the past when he's had to deal with stuff like this. So that's kind of a concern. Number two. What is Rob Williams, you know, health like? We need him to be 100% against Giannis. We do. End of story. You know, like, we need as many interior defenders against Giannis as we can get. We have Horford, but, you know, as great as Horford is, and he had a great defensive series against the Nets. He is a little older. You know, we have, like I said, we have Rob. We have Tyshu is probably not built to guard him. Um, 
Grant Williams did an excellent job against KD and maybe can guard a few possessions on Giannis. I'm not sure I can guard too many. Um, it's just, it's tough. Like, I, I go back and forth because, like, I'll put it this way, uh, Christian. If Middleton was playing, I might have picked the Bucs in this series, honestly. Um, but because he's not, like, that... I'm tempted to say Celtics in six, but I'm going to say Celtics in seven. I also think Udoka is going to outcoach uh, Budenholzer. Budenholzer. So, but I don't think, like, obviously the first round was an egregious outcoaching by Udoka over Nash, but we all knew that was going to happen. I don't think this one's going to be, like, egregious, but I think the key for this series, honestly, is Al Horford. Like, I think it's. You know, we could talk about Tatum all and listen, the loss of Middleton low key will affect them defensively too, because the wings that they're gonna have on Brown and team, if Brown can play like Jalen Brown did last series, um, and assuming he stays healthy, which obviously, you know, knock on wood with that, but like it's the the wings they have, I mean, they have better defensive wings than the Nets, but I mean Wes Matthews is pretty good, but he's kind of an offensive liability. Who else do they have? Pat Connaughton, Grayson Allen, that dirty prick. Uh, I'm worried what he's gonna do to this team, dirty wise. But I was thinking that too. Yeah, but like, assuming he doesn't pull any shit, although him and Smart getting whatever the betting odds of him and Smart getting in a fight at some point in the series, (laughs) I would bet. I would bet pretty hard on that. Um, You're not wait. You're not gonna mention Drew Holiday as a perimeter. That's a great point too. I totally forgot about him. Like, yeah, Drew Holiday versus Marcus Smart is gonna be absolutely hilarious. That's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be be the Spider Man meme of both those guys pointing at each other. (laughs) But, like, uh, yeah, I think the Celtics are going to win. I think I think it's going to be really close. I think I'm going to say Celtics in seven. I think the basketball got to a funny way of going about things, and I think it's going to come down to home court. I think it's going to be one of those, you know, epic series that just comes down where both teams are pretty much the same, and it comes down to home court, and I think we win, and – yeah, I think we close them out for our annual. God, if we make the conference finals against the Heat again, I just every time we lose to those motherfuckers, every fucking time. But um, every time in the conference finals, we lose to Miami every single time. But the yeah, no, listen, we're not going to get a better opportunity than right now. I think if if Middleton was playing, I think most people would probably pick the Bucks, and I think I'd say that's totally fair. They're the champs, you know. You, it's hard to bet against the champs, but I'm going to say Celtics in seven. Uh, man, I go back and forth, but I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say Celtics in seven. Um, I think it's going to be an awesome series, though. I think it's going to be back and forth. I think I, I think it could be the best second round series, personally. Okay, so... I agree with you that this is probably going to be the best series, arguably, of the playoffs, maybe. Um, so this is a different animal, right? Like, again, we can talk shit about Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant all we want to. Those are great players, Hall of Famers. But the way Giannis is playing right now, dude, he's this is a different animal you guys are playing against. Uh, you know Giannis... He's going to be ready. <laughs> you know, they're the defending champs. So, again, like, this... Although the Bucks are not as good as they were last year, I think depth-wise, 
they're still the champions. They're still focused. They're still locked in. Drew Holiday and Giannis, great pairing. And this is going to be really, really interesting. Um, so I think the I think one of the big keys for the Bucks if they are to win this series is they have to really force you guys to the, Brooke Lopez has to be Brooke Lopez and Bobby Portis really have to cause you guys to come out and contest threes. Because if the paint is open for Giannis, it's gonna be a lot of trouble for you guys. Yeah. Um no so so like Lopez and Bobby Portis are gonna really need to shoot the three ball well. Uh, I think I'm kind of shocked at how how good Grayson Allen has been for the fucking Bucks. He's been a knockdown shooter for them, and you know Wesley Matthews and Connaughton have been pretty solid for them too. So again, they still have the pieces of a really good team, um, and I think like this is going to be a really physical, defensive, gritty, grindy, insane series, but. I texted you this after game one, and I'm going to stick to this. I think you guys are finals bound. I really do. I think the Celtics, first of all, Jason Tatum, he took a step. He took a step in the first round series against the Nets, right? This is really the next step for him. If you guys are really going to get to that over the hump of the Eastern Conference Finals, get to the finals, this is really all about Jason Tatum. How is he going to play against Giannis? Can he put up numbers against Giannis? Can he carry the Celtics past the point? Because you could say all the other, you could say all the other bullshit and all the other nonsense. Oh, this matchup, this matchup, this matchup. The matchup that it comes down to is: Will Jason Tatum outplay Giannis and Senecumpo? And if he does, and I think he's going to, or at least they're going to be an even keel, I think you guys are going to beat them in seven. I just think like. You guys have the kind of Hawks lightning in a bottle magic. And I think I'm going to ride it to the NBA Finals, honestly. And I think, you know, Nick, I absolutely agree with you. Missing Middleton is huge for the Bucs. Um, but I just think the Celtics have that. They have the grit. You know, they're the underdogs, right? You know, there's no pressure on them. The Bucks are the champions. They're defending. They don't have the home court. So there's a lot going against them. And I think that this is going to be the next step in Jason Tatum becoming a top five player in the league. And I think you guys are going to beat them in seven, honestly. And I think the Celtics are NBA finals bound. I'm going to say it here. And hopefully, and hopefully uh, I don't like, hopefully I don't like a complete idiot. And also part of this is me trying to jinx you guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, hey man, a few years ago, I remember we all thought, you know, in the bubble, we thought, you know, the Celtics are going to beat our, I think you picked Miami, but I think there's a pretty, I think majority of people thought the Celtics were going to beat Miami after they beat Toronto. And obviously they didn't. And I kind of had a bad feeling going into that series uh, against Miami. I remember, I always I remember you Miami. saying. Yeah. Like it just, one thing that here's something that actually kind of scares me about this series too, if I'm as a Celtics fan. So mm-hmm. the Bucks give up the most threes of any team. And mm-hmm. that might be a good thing, but you know, I look at some of our bench, and I'm like, all right, Peyton Pritchard, pretty damn good shooter. Grant Williams, pretty damn good shooter. They're streaky, though. They got to yeah. make shots. Jalen Brown, he didn't shoot the three. He played well for the most part against the Nets, but he didn't shoot the three very well. Um, Al Horford's got to make yeah. threes. Smart, Smart is not consistent. 
smart, you know, his threes improved this year, but yeah, like you said, he's inconsistent. Um, and honestly, the most concern of all the guys on our team, I was for Derek White, because Derek White goes from the worst shooter in the, on the team to the best shooter on the team, judging by the week. Like, it's a, he really fucked. He was terrible from three against the Nets. He shot 9%. And it's, yeah, that, that, that does concern me. Like, basically, the, it feels like the Bucks defense is definitely better built to exploit us offensively. I think um, I, I don't know about you. I think Tatum is going to get doubled a lot in this series, and we absolutely have to make them pay for that. So guys have to make open threes. Like that's generally what it comes down to. Um, another concern concern I have offensively. So Robert Williams, we know what he wants to do. You know, he's a lob threat. We know it's not complicated. Yeah. yeah. Rook Lopez is very smart defensively, and I can kind of see. Brooke Lopez giving Rob trouble on those lobs because even though he can't jump with them, he's got good hands around the basket. He's good rim protector. He's physical. Like I could see some problems being caused there. Um, I really wonder, can the Celtics even go small in this series at all because of Giannis? You know, like that's another thing. You can't. The Celtics are a very big team. So they generally prefer to play bigger. But, you know, we saw against the Nets, sometimes they did go small. They played Grant Williams at center, or they played Tice or Horford as the only big. And can we do that against Giannis? Probably not, right? Okay, I also, I'll, I also want to say this. This this might be a concern. I was watching the Bucks game four against the Bulls, and Giannis is literally pushing Vucevic out of the fucking way by himself. <laughs> like, the dude yeah. feels like a fucking ox, dude. So, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I know. Listen, Rob Williams and Al Horford are very good defenders, and I think you've said multiple times, Nick, that like Al Horford's a great Giannis defender, but he's right now on another level, and <laughs> it's gonna be very difficult to stop him. Um, you guys can do it. I trust you can do it. I'm picking you guys to win the series regardless. But if Giannis has his way in the paint, and if he's getting the fouls called, it's going to be a very long series. <laughs> It's, it's, I, I I just, and also just mentality wise, this team is different than the Nets. Like, it's just, oh, they're, they're not going to go down without not, a fight. They're not quitters. You know? Yeah, they're not quitters. Yeah, they're not quitters. Like, I, I'm not calling Again, throw more, sh- throw more shade at fall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, they didn't quit like I thought they would in game four. I'll put it that way. But at the same time, they're just, there's no sense of urgency with the Nets. You're not, you're going to absolutely see a sense of urgency. With the Bucks, you know they're not going to make the same little mistakes that the Nets do. Um, so yeah, it's going to take our best. And Middleton being out is a very big positive for us. Uh, I mean, I feel bad again for the Bucks, like I said, but you got to take advantage of it. So yeah, I think it's going to be a war, man. I, I I think this is, I think this is going to. This feels like a series. I don't know about you. It just kind of feels like a series that's going to go back and forth. Like I don't think either team is gonna have a huge lead at all. Uh, this is gonna be like see... the Nets. This is gonna be like the Nets series that the Bucks had last year, where it came down to overtime. <laughs> yeah, like it, it just like it, I thought I was gonna have enough stress with the Nets series, but then we won four straight times, and uh, even though all the games were close, and now with this series, I I do stress levels are not gonna be low. <laughs> just yeah. all I'm gonna say, but. I just want to say too, 
I, that I'm proud of this team getting to this moment. You know, the fact that where they started, I'll kind of end with this, uh, considering how they started, it's already a, I'm not going to say it's a great season beating the Nets, but it's a pretty damn good season. <laughs> You know, yeah, I mean, you wanted, you wanted, you wanted, you wanted Yoka fired midway through. I remember you were constantly texting me about that. <laughs> I, 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 I was extremely frustrated with him, but I, fire was probably a little too strong hindsight. But like, he was doing a very poor job, like very poor. And now I think, I think he's turned it around. And I read a story where some of his assistants kind of called him out. You know, and that definitely helped. He's now really himself, which is like the men that kind of have that. I mean, this team, like, let me put it this way, Christian. Mm-hmm. The Celtics, the last few years, feared the Brooklyn Nets. You could see it. They were intimidated yes. by the Nets. They are no longer intimidated by the Nets. And that is where Ime comes in, in my opinion. So, right, right. Well, I mean, we'll just have to see. I mean, even without Chris Middleton, it's like you said, the Bucks are not the Nets. They're not a bunch no. of mental weaklings. They're gonna, no. they're going to be, they're, they're not going to let, they're not gonna let you beat them easily. They could easily win this series. Um, I just think the Celtics are playing so well, and I think it's just gonna come down to one of those game series. It's just back and forth, like you said, gritty. I think every game. Maybe not every game, but pretty much every game is going to be low scoring. And yeah, I, it's going to be tough. It's going to be, t- and also I'll put it this way I think it's going to be tough for either team to win a road game. Yeah. You know, I think, crazy. I think for both teams, it's going to be really difficult to win in the other place. And um, one last thing uh, why are ticket prices so much? Wick grows back. I speak to you. <laughs> <laughs> you won't pay the tax, and you're charging us. Let me let's see the minimum right now for game five. I want to go to um two seventy two. Uh, good. Damn. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. It's weird. Game one is one sixty eight. So as we've gotten closer to the game, ticket prices have finally gone down. I'm debating should I just wait for game five? But what if it's like a two two series? You know. Then like, you know, tickets price are gonna be like five hundred, dude. Yeah, like that's the problem. Like, it's so annoying. I want to go to Game Five because my little brother's gonna be home from college, so that's like the perfect time to do it. But I mean, it's cost so much more than Game Two and Game One. I don't know what to do. Anyway, that'll do it for the BX Basketball Podcast. I'm Nick Englander here with Christian Noka. I just like to say one more thing to. In the words of Ric Flair, to be the man, you got to beat the man. Can the Celtics beat the man? <laughs> yeah, beat KD and beat Giannis. But one thing is one thing is for certain, Paul, you're going to be hearing it all offseason, buddy. All offseason. And guess you want to know who's also going to be hearing it all offseason? The bitch that left. <laughs> the bitch that quit on this team. And then quit on your team, basically. Anyway, uh, <laughs> for the PX Basketball Podcast, I'm Nick Linder here with Christian Oke. Thanks for listening. <laughs>